Hi guys, welcome to episode 6 on the Prismatic Academy podcast. I'm Chrissy Marie and I tell the true life stories of today's visionaries, healers, and conscious co-creators. We search for the innate wisdom of the soul to help you unleash your creative energy, activate your courage, and claim your desires. And we host conversations around human potential and what else is possible. Today, I'm so excited for you to be listening in on this episode because I'll be sharing a sit-down conversation I had with hypnotist Michael Zadorazny to talk hypnotherapy, what it is, what it isn't, and how it can be used as a great tool to overcome limiting beliefs and phobias and even accelerate the learning process. Now, when it comes to hypnosis, the thought of it initially wasn't attractive to me. The images that come to mind are of a stopwatch being swung back and forth in front of me, or of people being up on a stage at a fair and a hypnotist making them do silly things like convincing them that their belly buttons keep popping out and rolling around on the floor. It makes for a great laugh, but can hypnosis make for great therapy? Many who have experienced it would say yes, others not so much. Here's a clip from Chelsea Handler's show on Netflix where she shares her experience. When they made the movie, when they made the movie Snakes on a Plane, they tapped into the two things I fear the most, snakes and Samuel L. Jackson. So I decided to face one of those fears by sitting down with the hypnotist who we're talking about to see if he could cure me by, uh, of my debilitating phobia. So you are a hypnotist. A hypnotist. Therapist. You can say a hypnotist. Do you have a degree? I do. First of all, how many years did you study? The hypnotherapy program is one year. One year. Yeah, it sounds like a massage school. It's more like an executive MBA, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. So, I have a phobia of snakes. If I saw one right now, I can't even... It's bad. And, I, and it's funny for people that don't have it, and I don't understand how anybody doesn't have it. Okay. So, should we start? Should I... Do we need, like, um... Like a safe word? Like calm, relax. You know, just to prevent like getting Cosbeat or something like that. Mm. We can just get started. Okay, I need to ask you a series of questions. Have you ever awakened in the middle of the night and felt that you could not move your body? Not sober. I don't know what I've done when I haven't been sober. It's anybody's guess. Sorry. So what we're going to do now, you're going to lie down Great. and make yourself as comfortable as you can. Every time we go under hypnosis, we want you to be as comfortable as you can. Okay. So let's get started. As I count from five down to zero, each number I count will represent deeper calm, deeper relaxation. Five, four, three, two, one. So he was annoying, and he wasn't trying to be, but his voice went on for so long. I'd like you to picture this. <laughs> okay, well, Chelsea's experience may not have been the best example of what hypnosis can actually do, as you'll hear from Michael. And I can say that in approaching this as an apprehensive skeptic myself, I was happily surprised to discover that it wasn't anything like I thought it would be. In our chat, I learned that there's so much that goes into hypnosis. It's like a physical reprogramming of the subconscious mind, 
that uses language and suggestion to bypass our dominant analytical conscious minds. And with that, we open ourselves up to an incredible world of potential. Talking with Michael definitely left me with a more open mind and with greater curiosity around self-hypnosis and how it can be used for personal development, as well as more curious about the fun ways language can be used in order to improve our mindset and change our beliefs. Also, with a new greater understanding of hypnosis, I felt safe enough to let Michael put me into a trance. And let me tell you, it was an amazing experience, and I would definitely do it again. I should say that this episode is a bit of a rough edit, as we had some background noise, but I decided to leave most of it so that you can hear how Michael speaks and plays with language. It was really fun, and I wanted to be sure to show examples of how he uses tone, inflection, and different speeds to communicate. So without further ado, here it is, episode 6, Hypnosis and Unlocking the Potential of the Subconscious Mind with Michael Zadorazny. Like, want to start off with some warm-up questions while we're getting set? Okay, cool. Yeah, I like a good warm-up. Yeah? All right. What did you have for breakfast? What did I have for breakfast? I had yogurt, and then I made some quinoa, some eggs, and some cucumbers that yeah. I just sliced up. Yeah. Is that like your normal everyday breakfast? No, that was just no? my, like, treating myself. Uh, normally, oh, I'll just do something. You had a breakfast this yeah. morning. Normally, I'll do, like, a oatmeal, something simple. Yeah. yeah. Like quick? Are you usually like running out the door? Or? No, I actually give myself plenty of time. I yeah. wake up at like five in the morning, uh-huh. meditate for like oh, at least wow. half an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The world is so quiet. I forget how much I really like the morning. Yeah. I'm such a night owl. It's hard. Okay. Yeah. You know the trick to waking up early? Going to sleep early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that could work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, let's mic a little. Because right. I want to make sure our laughs don't blow people's ears up, but I want to capture them. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite gadget? Gadget? You mean like electronic? Or Anything. Any kind of gadget. Um, uh, my favorite kind of gadget is one that can play some kind of audios because I really mm-hmm. like to learn all the mm-hmm. time. And just yeah. have access to that wherever yeah. you are, like audiobooks. Um, currently... I have a lot of courses that mm-hmm. I listen to or audiobooks, yeah. things like that, yeah. A constant learner. Yeah. So, um, and you're also in school right now, is that what? Uh, I was in school in Sac State, and then I just moved um, here like two months ago. Yeah. So yeah. so giving myself some vacation time to yeah. develop my business here and then transition into school again. I did. Yeah. How did you feel about doing that? How do I feel about it? Mm-hmm. I feel great because I'm also going to an online school to develop more hypnosis and coaching skills. Mm-hmm. And it's a one-of-a-kind program. It's two years. And in that, you get the opportunity to go to live workshops and mm-hmm. also learn online with a great group of people. Every day, they have a live training call. So if you have any questions, any uh, difficult clients or anything like that, uh, or not necessarily the client was difficult, but maybe the problem itself was mm-hmm. something that you didn't experience before. You could mm-hmm. ask questions around there and really develop your skills, and it's a great support system. So. It sounds like it's a great platform. Yeah. And then you get to you get connected with 
an expert, but then you also get connected with the community. Correct. Absolutely. So are most people experiencing or working with hypnosis for the first time in this course? In this course, so there was this, there is this one guy, he's been learning this stuff for over 30 years, he's in the course, there are medical professionals, there are, there's a magician, very yeah. cool, so like literally just like, I met a magician who's learning hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So there's people from all walks of life, and some people just taking it for personal development, they're like, I want to improve my conversations and my communication skills, and they're looking at hypnosis as a way of doing that. Interesting. Okay, we're going to circle back to that. I want to write that down. Sure. Make sure that we go back. So the people who are learning hypnosis, how I thought of it was you learn it because you're performing it for somebody else, but you're saying that people are learning it for for themselves and for their own self-improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. A lot of times people will begin the journey by taking it as an opportunity to look into themselves and to have the tools for self-reflection so that it's not just poking and Mm -hmm. really like ridiculing themselves but doing it in a self-compassionate way and also uh safe and it might not always be comfortable but getting through that in a safe way so what have you seen any self-improvements for yourself like Uh, since you started this absolutely like what so where has it helped you so yeah a lot of the things it so How hypnosis works is it's due a lot to the neurology that we Mm -hmm. have. Technically, we have three brains, right? Our Mm -hmm. stomach has neurons, our heart Mm -hmm. has neurons, and then our brain does as well. When we have associations for positive things, a certain um, cluster of of neurons, they'll they'll activate. And when we we have a negative experience, they'll activate. So Mm -hmm. hypnosis, what it does is... It might use a, a trigger that you have for a negative event and connect it to the positive and uh, allow you to get greater uh, a greater amount of choices. So you have more freedom to choose how you respond rather than being stuck in your old patterns. Okay. So it's like bypassing default behaviors. Are you rewiring neurological pathways or yeah to a point ones? yeah very much so okay. yeah so interesting because mm-hmm. so how are you doing that is it just by suggestion I mean obviously you're not like physically <laughs> picking on somebody's brain. yeah I'm not a brain surgeon yeah but kind of, but you kind of are that's what it to a, to a point yeah, yeah. Um, okay like, so what are you actually doing as so, a hypnotist. So you're looking into whatever problem it is. Mm-hmm. You're getting some sensory experiences there. When a sensory experience is accessed as a memory, that memory can be altered or changed for six hours. So you have a six-hour window. Whatever happens in relation to that memory is going to affect it. So if you're opening up to someone who is putting you down, it's going to affect it negatively. If you're opening up in a way that like you're developing new beliefs and you have greater confidence in yourself, and then you look back at that memory, you're going to access it and you're going to bring in those resources to the memory. So it's automatically going to affect it and change mm-hmm. it. So, and this all happens subconsciously, for the most part. So, so when, you're, when you're working with someone, it's like you're, you're helping them to access the memory, so just to like get the context of like, okay, so what do you want to change? And then you look at where they want to be different, how they want to be different and you find a bridge to do that and the bridge is the tools and techniques and things like that okay so 
So does that accent, make sense? It does, actually. Yeah. So the questions that are coming up from me are, mm -hmm. okay, you need to access the memory that's linked to a certain behavior, but why is it that those memories seem to be blocked? Is it just trauma or something that the brain compartmentalizes? Why do we have difficulty seeing through these things to make these con changes consciously for ourselves? So a lot of times, it's going to be different for every person, obviously. Mm -hmm. For some people, it could be their parents not allowing them to express themselves in that way, and mm -hmm. so they believe that they have to be a certain way rather than uh, another. For some people, it is their personal resistance to whatever that event was. If it was mm -hmm. traumatic, uh, it could carry with them some kind of emotion that they don't want to look at, uh, and so it's like a self-protection kind yeah, of thing. Survival. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So there, there's a lot of different reasons. The main thing is when someone is willing to work through that and work and take a look at it, then mm -hmm. the opportunity for, for change is there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can't just hypnotize anybody, or can you? The main things that you need is someone's attention. With okay. someone's attention, they're listening, mm -hmm. they're following along with your ideas. When you mm -hmm. say certain words, they might create a picture or a feeling mm -hmm. or some kind of internal experience in us. So if you were to picture a pink elephant, mm -hmm. right? Even if you try not to, right? Like, like yeah, it's, it's going to be there. Gonna yeah. Okay. So if, if you're paying attention, then the opportunity for trance happens. And then there are some other, like, little nuances and things, but... Like a, a very light state of trance is when you're driving your car mm -hmm. and you forget how you got to your destination, but mm -hmm. you did because you're such right. an expert at driving. <laughs> uh, or if you're reading such an interesting book and every single word on the page just paints this picture in your mind mm -hmm. and you get absorbed in it. Or have an emotional reaction I guess, exactly. to it. So that's a form of hypnosis. Yeah, so okay. an emotional uh, response is an unconscious response. Okay, yeah. so... How did you get interested in hypnosis? What attracted you to it? So, as I mentioned earlier, people typically, they'll go into this journey for like self-improvement and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, I started initially with reading more in philosophy, and one of the guys who I began reading his works, he spoke about how he used hypnosis in, in his life, and mm -hmm. like just to like hypnotize people too do funny and silly things. Okay. Um, I was introduced to it there, but I didn't really think anything of it. And as I explored it a little bit more and just got more into communication, I realized that hypnosis really is the art of communication on a very deep and meaningful level. Mm -hmm. And we all have certain ways that we process information and that we see the world. And when we see the world in a particular way, we're cutting off all the other possibilities. So what hypnosis does is it changes our perspective so that we can see a more complete picture mm -hmm. of whatever it is that that was. So we're not stuck in our stories. Yeah. yeah. So do you help people create the stories then that they want to create? I mean, that's really what you're doing mm -hmm. when you see where, where are you right now? What are mm -hmm. you, um, when does that happen? Who does that mm -hmm. happen with? Or right. uh, whatever else. And then, so you're orienting them to what is, what is right now? And then where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? How do you want to see yourself? Yeah. How do you want to be different? And how do people generally respond to that? Because when I hear mm -hmm. you say that, mm -hmm. you're switching the roles of power, if that makes sense. So 
people go from living in a story that mm-hmm. they were probably told or that was given to them by their society or their family or their culture mm-hmm. and how they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that switch off and you get to build your story. You're For the first time, you're asking yourself, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? How do people typically handle that? Is it a, And is it a gradual process? Or is sure. It a, For some people, it's like, <laughs> boom, I got it. Okay, cool. Oh, really? And uh, they just know who they want to be? And Sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit more of an exploration. Okay. Uh, so do it, people struggle with that? Um, I ask that because I know yeah. that I struggled with it for the first time when... Yeah. When I ask myself what's going to make me happy, like me, without mm-hmm. having to worry about anybody else or, yeah. or what anybody else thinks, if I could be completely selfish and wave a magic wand, what would I want? And yeah. I couldn't understand why it was so hard for me to be like, <laughs> what do I want? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So it really depends. If you mm-hmm. can, when, when you're talking mm-hmm. to someone, right, and when you're doing some kind of change work, people might expect that you just do the do the change, and that's it, and then your relationship is done. Mm-hmm. Um, but really what you want to allow to happen is for you to build the relationship first because that creates more of a sense of trust and comfort. And mm-hmm. as you do that, you explore moments in time where that person was a hero in their story, when they did achieve something that was so amazingly positive that they can't access what they do want to do. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. you're using the successes that they've already had and building on those. And so if someone really enjoys something, you might ask, what is it about that that's important to you? And mm-hmm. as you think about what's important, what's there? Like, what, would that be something that you would want to show others how to do? And you're just really exploring without mm-hmm. any kind of expectation of, oh, you have to be a certain mm-hmm. way or this way. Because my cultural beliefs and understandings are going to be different from yours and as a hypnotist or any kind of practitioner you really want to take yourself out of the equation and just really allow the person you're working with to explore whatever that is and in essence you're a guide it's like okay so i'll ask you about this i'll ask you that and as we explore you might discover for yourself so you're not really the person who is making the change or like oh you want to quit smoking and Mm -hmm. so I'm going to say this and you're going to do it but you're helping people explore and how they can empower themselves how to do it am I understanding so the power of a hypnotist or hypnotherapist Mm -hmm. is the ability to get the person out of their patterns so if if we're stuck and say like we're walking along the the sidewalk and we step in a puddle of super glue we're going to be super stuck. We're not going to have any kind of like adhesive remover or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So like someone comes along, they're like, hey, just pour some like whatever solution and then it gets you unstuck. But you're the person that still has to pull your leg out of the glue. So as, as, as we explore beliefs, we kind of allowed the whatever it was, if it was a problem or uh, even... Even a limiting belief, like someone wants to achieve something amazing and they don't believe that they can, just exploring that from different perspectives, that itself is going to loosen up the, the concrete, so to say, and mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to access the resources. Okay. A lot of times when people have problems, it's because they forgot that they're so resourceful mm-hmm. in their abilities and yeah. that they have everything that they yeah, need to they need. achieve, yeah, whatever that is. Okay. 
So what are some examples or reasons why people would go to you? Limiting beliefs is one of them, but can you get a little bit more specific sure. about how you help them? So fear is really common for a lot of people. Like they might have been bitten by a dog when they were really young and mm-hmm. like now they're terrified of chihuahuas. <laughs> so Chihuahuas are frightening. I have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're frightening to other people. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... It's it really depends. Some people are afraid of heights, flying, whatever. Mm-hmm. So those are simple things that uh, we can work through in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. For uh, the fear of public speaking or being in social situations, that's a fairly right. common one for people who want to be more social and be mm-hmm. more confident. Right. So confidence is something that you can really build on. But really, anyone that has anything to work on, to work through, right? Better relationships with people. Um, more success at work, more clarity in their lives. You can do a lot of things that facilitate the communication with the unconscious mind. And the more you trust your unconscious mind, the more resources you have available to you. And really, as a hypnotist, you're trying to establish that connection so that the person can access their own resources. So if in the future a problem comes up, they can still overcome that. You know, they don't have to come back to you. So people will come to you because they're tired of being controlled by their fears and patterns and behaviors. Mm -hmm. Or by something that they want to achieve. Right, but can't seem to be able to. Yeah. So frustration. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Who is hypnosis not for? If someone schedules a hypnotic session for someone else, it's probably not for that someone Mm -hmm. else. So typically it should be the person's initiative to to seek out a hypnotist or to seek out some kind of change and usually whenever you have uh, made a decision to improve something in your life you're going to find the resources to do that Mm -hmm. your unconscious mind just automatically does that it Mm -hmm. brings together the people the opportunities the circumstances because there's this um I believe it's called the reticular activation system. So if you purchase a new car or something like that, you see that car, that same color, like everywhere on the road Mm -hmm. after that. Or like if you buy a new dress, you see everyone wearing the dress, right? Because your mind is like, okay, this is important, so I'm going to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing when we make a decision. If we decide to change in a certain way, then you automatically begin attracting to yourself the resources that will help you to do that. So if it's a hypnotist, right, then you just like learn to someone or you search someone out. There's a lot of good people that practice hypnosis and there's a lot of varied people. If someone's reading off of a script, a lot of times people will be trained as, uh, they'll have a particular script that they'll read, they'll use it with every single person, it's not customized at all. Uh, that's going to give you hit or miss results. But if you go to a hypnotist who actually knows like the the process and pays attention to you and is curious about what's happening so that you can really explore that, and you're most likely going to have better results. So. so for people who are going to a hypnotist, that should definitely be one of the things that they pay attention to. Are there any other things that they might want to look like, for when, when like before are you connecting with the person like okay. do you do you trust that they can help you with that mm-hmm. if you don't think they're going to be able to help you like don't go right well yeah. it will it not will hypnosis not be effective if you put yourself in a position where you don't think it'll 
work? Like, what is there anything dependent on hypnosis working? Yeah. So the person's desire and motivation is going to play a big, big part in it. As a hypnotist, I can't change someone. I can mm-hmm. facilitate change, but as if someone doesn't want something, like they're not going to do it. There's uh, a famous story of a woman who was brought up onto the stage. Uh, so, like therapeutic hypnosis and stage hypnosis are a bit different. Stage hypnosis is more for like fun and for show and mm-hmm. entertainment. Uh, so this woman was brought onto the stage. She was doing all the suggestions. When whenever it would come time to to do something fun or silly, she would do it. And at the end, the hypnotist wanted everyone to dance to celebrate what a fantastic show it was, right? And no matter what he did, she wouldn't dance. Like she just wouldn't. Afterwards, he talked to her, and she told him that it was against her religion to dance. So if you have some reservation where you don't want to go somewhere, you absolutely have those boundaries, right? You, what the hypnotist does is helps to facilitate the amount of trust that you have in yourself and the confidence that you have in yourself to really access the resources. So if for some reason you don't want to go somewhere, that's totally cool. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's so even, even in yeah. things that if you're working through traumas, like you're able to stop it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's something that could be brought up at the very beginning. Like if we ever get to a point where you where you aren't necessarily ready to, to continue through, then you do have like the right and the power to, to say that, right? And uh, Milton Erickson, famous hypnotherapist, he pretty much built the foundation for how it, it's known today. He, he worked as a psychotherapist and stuff like that, and he mm-hmm. had two nurses who were in a conflict. He tried to suggest to one of them to slap the other one, and he tried to, like he kept like persisting and persisting. And she said, uh, "If you don't stop this line of inquiry, the only person being slapped will be you." Right. So she was like, like she had that boundary. She yeah. knew that people aren't supposed to be treated in that way. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> that just reminds you of like something King Solomon would do, right? <laughs> like to resolve a conflict. Right. And it it puts the suggestion and the power back between the people too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. When it comes to hypnosis, mm-hmm. I've always been a little bit afraid of letting somebody play around in my subconscious. Sure. So is it is it safe? Is there anything t- to be aware of when or turning towards hypnosis for therapy? If you don't feel good about something, like definitely take that into account. Like if mm-hmm. you're working with someone and they just give you like this vibe that they won't be able to help you out or something like that and sure take that into consideration and depending on the kind of person that they are you might even bring that up like hey um i'm kind of unsure of how this is going to go and um i don't know if necessarily we're the right fit for each other or something like that right Mm -hmm. If, if that's the that's what's on your mind but really i found that if you're if you're considering I really enjoy going off topic and no. going off question. I love it. It's all about stories, so go for it. Right. Okay. So, yeah, whenever uh, whenever you have something that is on your mind, I found that the most powerful communication happens is when when you really allow whatever makes you feel um, like lighter in your body. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people have have different kind of sensations and things, but typically, if your body feels light in what you're doing 
It's a really good compass for the direction of your life and what is right. If if something feels heavy or just doesn't feel right, um, typically it needs to be addressed, and it can be addressed in a number of ways, whether you allow yourself to just remove yourself from the situation or to bring up whatever hesitations are on your mind, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's a lot of different kinds of things that you can do for yourself, right, to, to make sure that you're really listening for your, your best interests, right? Okay. So awareness, intuition, communication. Yeah. And hopefully a person has enough of all of those three or can pay, pay attention enough to those three things to yeah. and bring up a conversation around it. You're looking for someone who is going to treat you with respect and confidentiality, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be integrous as a person, right? They're going to have integrity and they're congruent in their conversation. Mm-hmm. So if someone is telling you that they can do something and you can tell by their behavior that they're not congruent with that, then that's not necessarily going to be a very, very good relationship there. Uh, And that's just relationship advice in general. Right. (laughs) Totally. So let's go back to self-improvement because you said something, you were talking a little bit about awareness and intuition and Mm -hmm. um, how that does require a little bit of cultivation for a lot of people because mm. we're just not taught to be aware, whether it's of our environment, our surroundings, or, sure. or whatever. And we're aware of certain things. It's mm-hmm. just um, wherever our attention is, that's mm-hmm. what we're going to focus on. And when we're focusing on that, that's where all of our energy goes. Right. So if it's focusing on something negative or a negative experience that we had, as soon as you can free up whatever that was, then you have so much more energy and focus to work on the things that you do want to do. Okay. So So are there any simple ways that we can start directing our focus? Yeah. um, Wherever your attention goes, right, energy Mm -hmm. flows. That's the little saying. So where where attention goes, energy flows. And the main things that I found for myself that have worked were beginning to be more Mm self-compassionate towards... uh, as you become more self-compassionate towards yourself, you realize that you're not necessarily the things that happen to you. You are the meaning that you attach to whatever it is that happened to you. Mm. Or, and even, you're not that, but the association that you create to that is going to drive your identity. Your identity is so malleable. It's so amazing, It is, right? but we think that it's so fixed, right? Like, we attach our identity to a lot of things, whether it's our job, our family, our culture, and that's, yeah. that's who we are, and we just accept it. Isn't it that amazing? We can't change it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, can you speak a little bit more on how it's malleable? It's absolutely amazing. So, you can pretend your way to be anyone that you really want to, and the the unconscious mind has this amazing capacity to not tell what's real and what's imaginary. So if you are continuously imagining mm-hmm. some kind of a negative situation, your body doesn't know if that's real or not, and it's going to put you into a state of stress, into a state of adrenaline, fight or flight or freeze, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And if you, on the other hand, imagine yourself as being someone who is achieving things, who is learning from their experiences, who is incredibly focused on what they want to do, you automatically prime your brain for looking for opportunities to make that into reality. So you're becoming more congruent with your thoughts every day. 
and that just naturally, like, in, in essence, it could be considered as a law of attraction, but it's something even more deeply ph- physiological within us, right? Like, mm-hmm. our, it's, it's the power of the mind, it's our brain, you know, like, it automatically does that. It aligns us with whatever we're thinking of, because it looks for those opportunities to create more of that. Very beautifully yeah. engineered organ <laughs> that we're not even expressing to its full potential. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about potential and what the mind mm. is capable of. Sure. Some of the things that I was curious about, you know, like, oh, if I were to explore hypnosis, what what would I want to improve mm-hmm. upon or what would I want to see? And for me, I would always want to know what is possible. And so some things mm. that I've always wanted to improve was uh, speed reading, okay. memory, and yeah. learning languages mm. faster, or even recalling languages, because okay. I've, I've taken six years of Spanish, and honestly, I, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think I could hold a decent conversation okay. uh, in Spanish. So are those some of the things that you would be able to help people with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's... And how does that work? Like, why I don't understand. You know, if I've if I've taken Spanish for so long, am I just not? Where is the disconnect, and how do you find that? A lot of times, it's is it practical? Like, is this something that you're going to be using? Mm-hmm. And uh, personally, I was raised in a family that spoke Russian in the home, and mm-hmm. so I still understand that. Like, if I'm in a social setting, someone mm-hmm. speaks Russian, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But when I try to verbalize it, because I don't necessarily use those skills as much, they're they're just um, kind of dusty, you know? Right. It's, it's like uh, if you have weights, uh, maybe you have like a, a wall of weights or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you don't touch them, they're going to get like dusty and they're not going to make you strong, you know? Just having that won't necessarily mean that you're using it. So mm-hmm. the more you apply it, the more you practice it, the more your brain is capable of making those connections and activating your recall memory. Yeah, absolutely. And you absolutely can Mm -hmm. access that whenever you need to, right? Mm -hmm. That amazing memory that you have, right? And it's just a matter of getting out of your own way to a point because sometimes we don't think that we can do something because maybe someone told us that we can't or we personally had a situation where we became embarrassed in a social setting, right? Like in school, it's pretty terrible how embarrassing it could be to like read in like out loud or uh, if you don't know an answer, like you might be shamed for that. But really, it's the learning process happening. Um, Participation is incredibly encouraged, in my opinion, and it should be because the more someone speaks, right? The person who speaks the most learns the most. So in schools, how the model is now, teachers are learning the most. <laughs> so, so the more like the students have to like work through whatever, the more you learn. And the more you use a certain skill, the more obviously that's going to strengthen that, that network that you have in, in your body, in your brain, okay. is going to strengthen. Then does hypnosis accelerate that process that we could do naturally? It very much can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it enables you to access that state of mind, that same resource, without necessarily having to go the long way around. And so, how many, how immediate are the effects of hypnosis? 
There's one man who incorporated hypnosis into, he owns a gun range, and so he trains people how to shoot uh, guns. And so someone who's never held a gun in their life before can be unloading a clip into the very center of a target within two hours. So it can accelerate learning to such an extent that it's, it's incredible and beyond belief, right? Because sometimes we limit ourselves to what we can imagine. But when we go beyond that, we can consider so much more. Okay. When, mm-hmm. when I heard you say that, um, because when I think about when I'm, so if I'm at because I like to shoot, I like the focus okay. and the concentration. Sure. But when I stop trying to control the situation, mm-hmm. that's when I do really well. Yeah. And so it almost sounds like this delicate balance of control where when you, you go, you turn towards hypnosis because you want to feel more in control of like who you are and what you want to do and how you want to express yourself or right. express your capabilities. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's this surrender to letting yourself do what you do best. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, when, when you say control, I take it that you try to do it forcefully and you try to like make it happen. Is that well, kind of what's going on, or is it almost like so? People who are afraid of speaking mm-hmm. and they're frustrated by that and want to be more of a speaker. I feel like they would turn to hypnosis because they want to have a little bit more control over their phobias or whatever is limiting mm-hmm. okay. them from being a speaker. Sure. Do you have a different take on that? What What you say mm-hmm. is absolutely correct, and the way that I would um, add to that is. The more that you trust your unconscious, right? The more you trust the part of yourself that knows without you knowing mm-hmm. how, right? And mm-hmm. the more capable you become as right. a person, both emotionally, mentally, physically, in all aspects. And you can achieve a lot of things when you trust your ability to do that. There's great science that goes into the flow states that we have. There's a book. The Rise of Superman, and it goes into extreme sports and how they have to access that flow state or else they're going to die, right? They're doing such amazing things like skiing off of a mountain with a parachute and activating the parachute, floating all the way down and doing like all these incredible things. So when we access that flow state within ourselves, we can find this perfect balance between our skill set and what we want to achieve. So when we're in the zone, when we're in flow, everything is effortless. And they say like the preferred state of flow is to add 4% of what you think you're capable of and just slowly building up because your abilities are also going to build up. But when we do something that doesn't challenge us enough or challenges us too much, we maybe get bored or demotivated because it's not really using our full skill set to its greatest ability. So the more you explore your own personal interests and your skills and things like that, just the more the more happy and more fun you have. Right. You know? So why do you think that we have a problem with being in a state of flow in a more consistent way? Because this unlearning process is really powerful, mm-hmm. right? So, and we experience it when maybe we're we're driving on the road, and maybe we're in those slight trance state. Mm-hmm. But when we react, if 
there's two possibilities, right? Like if mm -hmm. we were actually thinking and analyzing about what we were doing, we're probably mm -hmm. not going to react in, in the way that we would need to, mm -hmm. as opposed to if we were in this flow state and our our subconscious mind, I guess, takes over mm -hmm. and gets us, you know, in the safest way possible because it already knows mm -hmm. what to do. So what prevents us from being in a constant state of flow? If you are to look into the book and to read it all the way through, they do mention the dark side of flow. So mm -hmm. some people, they access it to such a point and do such extreme things that day-to-day -day life becomes boring because it's mm -hmm. less than challenging. And so there's there's a real dialogue that's there. It's like some people do become depressed and upset and things like that. Um, but it's also realizing that you still are capable and you still can do things. Just the things that you might have done in the past might not necessarily be in your ability anymore, but you can choose to begin something different. Mm -hmm. So what prevents us from being in, in, in that state of mind where everything is just like fantastic is the, the, the number one would be ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes we don't believe that we can do something, right. you know? Uh, then um, the limitations that like either have been placed on us or that basically the ones that we've accepted, right? Yeah. So if you don't accept a limitation, like mm -hmm. it's not going to affect you. Even, right. When I think of this, I think of it being almost a tribal problem. Because, you know, if you yeah. have that one person who stands out or is doing really, really well or just happy all the time, yeah. everybody looks at them like, <laughs> go away stop reminding me of how miserable I am you know so it's almost like that person gets kicked really out funny. of the tribe yeah, but if that person were to be miserable again they're like okay you can come back and yeah. hang out with us it's like lobsters and crabs right so like if a lobster is if there's multiple lobsters in a tank of water I was like I really want to hear this and <laughs> like, like lobster what, one lobster tries to find its way out as soon yeah. as it gets to the top the other mm -hmm. lobsters are going to be like trying to grab on and uh also get out but in essence mm -hmm. what they're doing is pulling it down mm -hmm. so people are really similar in in the respect that if someone is achieving something mm -hmm. it might not necessarily be that we don't want them to achieve but we want to attach ourselves to their success mm -hmm. and if we were to give them space to explore their passions and their abilities they would develop that and they can be a role model for us as we begin to develop our own mm -hmm. skills so it's really just a matter of perspective. Like, how are you looking at it? You know, are you encouraging that advancement, that kind of personal development, or is that something that you're going to sabotage? Mm -hmm. Right. I hope you don't sabotage it. You know, but if you do, do it in a classy way that no one gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. Do it with a smile. <laughs> yeah. So that no one gets hurt. You know? Yeah. So, so that nobody gets hurt. Okay, so you mentioned that you brought language cards. Oh, yeah, you work sure. a lot with language. Do yeah. you want to go into the significance of that? Sure. Uh, it's very cool. I got these for free off of the person that I'm learning from. Okay. Um, I feel like you have a lot of fun with language. Oh, I have so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's really incredible what you can do with language. They're... When we communicate, we communicate through symbols, right? And language is the embodiment of the symbol. Mm -hmm. If 
you didn't know what a table was and I said table, you wouldn't have a picture in your mind. But as soon as I showed you, hey, this is a table, and then you would be able to relate that to others. Mm-hmm. And you would also take into account that tables come in different shapes and sizes out of different material. Um, sometimes they're right side up, sometimes they're upside down, sometimes they're taking up space so you just throw it out, you know. So <laughs> there's so much association that you can have with just a single word. When you hear words like pair or pair, right? Same word, but they mean two different things. One pair is a fruit. One pair is a pair of socks or something like that, right? Um, So you can use that very significantly to bypass whatever's on the conscious mind. So if someone's getting in their own way, you can play with ideas like left and right, right? So when you're making the right choice, uh, even though you're left with all these decisions and you might have left something at home, but you're going on your journey and you know that it's the right thing to do because even if you go right and realize that the journey that was left is the right one, you might be left with a decision to make. You're so fun. (laughs) Okay, so explain to me what you were just doing right there with that. So right there, basically, you're just playing with the idea of left and right, and Um, you're... In many different contexts. Exactly, yeah. You're painting a picture. You're Mm -hmm. you're guiding someone through a a mild confusion, and the last thing that you say is like, oh, okay, I might be left with a a different decision to make or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, what other kind of decision can I make now, right? And so it's really just opening the door to look deeper in yourself. Mm. I think you found a knack for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, because as you were saying that and going through that, I can feel my my mental resources like wanting to wrap my mind around what you were saying. So it was definitely my energy was being pulled in in different areas Mm -hmm. in different ways where... Mm -hmm. It was almost exhausting to try and control it. Interesting. Is that the point? Yeah. So, uh, very much so. So, so when you're feeling that, what are, what kind of feeling shows up? Uh, I don't think it's so much a feeling. Hmm. I think it's more of like wanting to keep up with the mental picture that you're creating. Hmm. So, if you're not keeping Mm -hmm. up, what are you doing? I think I'm grasping for the last thing that you said, or like what I can grasping for what I can grasp. And then putting that together. Yeah, because to you can only hold on to what you can hold on to, right? But mm-hmm. everything else you can just let go. So as you continue to grasp on to the ideas that are important, you might find yourself naturally letting go of everything that isn't. And so there, you might even consider within yourself what is important. Without even analyzing it, too, because your, your mind or your subconscious self is doing that for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you could just allow whatever happens to pop up, because that is most often the most true. And so even there with the grasping and the holding on and the letting go, you can already see some essence of language being played with, so that even if you're grasping for the latest idea, you might consider that the latest idea might not be the most important. And so you can let go of whatever it is you're holding on to so that you can really grasp what's important, Mm -hmm. right? And so that just adds a little bit of confusion, which could be translated into a positive change work, right? 
Um, but that's just like a more of like a silly technique to to get someone <laughs> like like a to add more fun. Basically. Of course, that's yeah. what it seems like too. I'm like, you're just playing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just having a good time, and that's awesome that, that that this is what you do, and you get to play in this way. Yeah. And as I'm listening to you speak, you use language in a very big way. So you're not just speaking and using words, but you're using your whole body to Absolutely. communicate. Yeah. And not only that, but so when you're choosing words, is that something that's natural for you, or something that you look for? Are you conscious and intentional about it? Or are you really just playing and seeing what happens? So, uh, there's been research done on play, um, and so I just want to bring that up. So, kids, they were asked to play this game completely just for the fun of the game, for the competition, and things like that. They had so much fun, they just really enjoyed themselves. Then they, uh, I I believe it was a different group of kids, they were asked to play the same game, but they were given like 20 bucks or something like that, some mm-hmm. some uh, monetary reward. And that group that had the money as a reward, when they played that game later, they didn't have as much fun because their fun was attached to gaining the money, the resource. And so, so they played it again without the reward. Yeah. Okay. And then they, they just didn't have as much fun as the other group that did play just for playing. Mm-hmm. So... In essence, yeah, I, I do what I do because it's it's fun and it's play, but it's also the ability to see, like, people change. Like, it's it's incredible. And the things that I say when I communicate, it's probably not going to be right. But what I go with is a sense of curiosity. Uh, am I curious enough to explore this to the extent where I am creating a space where you can explore your beliefs and be comfortable in doing that? You said before, too, like learning to just trust yourself and learn to trust your unconscious mind. So you live your beliefs, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. If I have some direction that comes Mm -hmm. to mind, I'll be like, oh, okay, I acknowledge that, and then Mm -hmm. I move forward. I bring myself back to the present moment. Okay. So you have a deck of cards in your hand. Do you want to describe these? Like, what do you use them for? What's on them? These are language cards. So they come in ten different, how would you say, sets? Okay. So there's seven cards of each set, and so the orange ones, they talk about need. So it's sort of a pre-frame. So this one specifically says, I want you to, and then there's a blank line underneath. So I want you to take a deep breath and relax, right? So that might be a suggestion that you give, or in the essence of telling story is... I want you to really focus in as we begin looking into the journey of Billy and Jill as they went up the hill, right? <laughs> so it's it's making your language more captivating, and with the need card, you're directing the person to follow your instructions because mm-hmm. you need them to do that now, right? So um, on the purple cards, there's negations, and negations work because your mind can't really think of something in contrast, because it needs to think of that think first and then contrast it. So if I were to say to you, don't think of a pink elephant, right? Mm-hmm. A pink elephant might actually come to your mind. First, um, like initially, right? Initially, okay. and then you're not going to think about it. So mm-hmm. we're not good at not doing things. <laughs> so if uh, you're trying to teach someone something, you would most often focus on the affirmative. And... The rule can be broken, of course, right? Because um, 
we can communicate at so many different levels and really understand that. So the pacing of your tone of voice might actually affect that. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to relax any deeper than you can go already. Might bring you to relax even deeper because I don't want you to do that any more slowly. <laughs> well, even with that tone, yeah. you associate a sense of seriousness too yeah. with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> And it's kind of like uh, a calm tone, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's very nice and slow. It's, mm-hmm. it's easy to follow along. So that moves the conversation into more of, of your tone of voice because you're communicating with your whole body. You might be using phys- physical gestures, tone of voice, rate of speech. Your inflection is going to represent different kinds of emotions and things mm-hmm. like that. And... You're also communicating with reason, with emotion, and symbolism, because we all have a certain symbol that we might have chosen to live our lives by. And a common symbol for like whatever nation might be the flag, right? So when we picture a flag, we might associate whatever is associated to that. Like in America, it's freedom, independence, mm-hmm. um, White picket fence, you know, yeah. a nice house. And, and mm-hmm. symbols are really good to be kind of like a North Star for the, mm-hmm. for the unconscious mind. They say a lot with the Very much so. And yeah. they're very efficient. A picture's worth a thousand words, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so as you explore symbols and language and reasoning and emotions and how your body can move, you can also make suggestions with your body, right? So if you're talking about something small, or this problem, and your hands are close together, the problem is small, but the possibilities are big. And so when you're speaking of possibilities, you're mm-hmm. moving your hands out and uh, widening the, the distance between them. So you're realizing that the problem might be small, but the opportunities are right. so many. With your hands going yeah. from smaller to wider. Yeah. yeah. So um, when, when you go into trance, It's such a calming and relaxing thing that, personally for me, I go into trance too. You put yourself into trance? Yeah, absolutely. I go first. Uh, The intention really is to go first. Um, If someone presents you with a problem, you try to um, see the thing from their perspective and then also see a way out of that. And the questions that you might ask might be pointed in a certain direction, but they are still allowing the person to explore that for themselves. Okay. Yeah. So let's, you, let's yeah. come back to the experience yeah, okay. and what it's like. I definitely want to, to hear how you experience it. But sure. these language cards are fascinating. Yeah. So we did need a negation. And then there's the pink ones. They yeah. work on assumptions. So okay. this one specifically says, will you? There's a blank space now or a blank space later. And so it's a language card that allows you to put in suggestions and to put a timeline on it because it gives you a choice and you're assuming that the person is going to do that either now or later. As an example, will you relax and sit back in your chair now or will you find comfort in your own way later? And so you're framing the comfort and relaxation as it's going to happen. (laughs) It's just a matter of when. Right. Right. Uh, anticipation builders. Uh, there's three black sets, um, and 
there's anticipation builders, action accelerators, and language softeners. And they're a little bit more of like advanced language technique, but they're still a lot of fun. So the anticipation builders, this one specifically is gradually. So you might find yourself gradually going into the experience of relaxation. And I don't know how slowly that'll be, but gradually you might find that sense growing. Right? Uh, action accelerators are more focused on that happening now. So this specific card is saying immediately. So immediately you might find your focus shifting to a point inside when you're relaxing. Mm, language softeners are things that soften an idea. So mm -hmm. they give it a frame where you might consider something. And this card specifically is you might blank. So mm -hmm. you might consider the idea of allowing yourself to relax. And they soften the idea and the suggestion so that you can really explore that in your own time. And it's not a direct suggestion. So if someone, if you visit someone's home and they're like, close the door, you're going to be like, you're telling me to close the door, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, they might say, could you close the door? Right. And it's more of a question, but it's not really a question. It's uh, an indirect suggestion right. for you to do that yeah so funny i use that all the time with people too I'm like you might want to consider yeah. <laughs> i'm not telling you to consider yeah but, but you, you really might should want to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly how funny yeah. okay what's next and people use these languages in every single <laughs> i guess we'll go with this green one next yeah and so it's kind of like a teal color kind mm -hmm. of green um and this one is for linkage so you're linking ideas together and you're creating associations so this one says, when you, blank space, you, blank space. Mm -hmm. So when you take a deep breath in, you can relax. And the more you relax, the more you allow yourself to really enjoy that. So it's really just linking to ideas that could be separate and becoming one, or two ideas that are related, but you're guiding the person through a particular experience. Next. Do you have a question? Yeah, so I was like, so when you use these cards, yeah. is it mostly serving as your prompts around so, a certain a certain focus? So these language cards are for me to practice my communication skills and okay. my like yeah. hypnotic mm -hmm. kind of um, storytelling and things like that. Mm -hmm. So you can tell a story and it's going to allow the person to associate into it. And when they do that, their unconscious mind is realizing that you're really telling a story for them to access the resources. Mm -hmm. I just want to quickly interject our conversation through the magic of audio and set the scene. Michael right now is about to tell a story while using language cards. So as he's telling this story, he's actually pulling cards out of his deck and building on the story. So there might have been a boy who went on a journey, and when he did, he made sure to prepare his pack. And his mom gave him some food for the road because she knew it was just going to be a quick journey. But he knew that it was going to be an adventure. And so as he began his journey, he knew exactly where he wanted to go. But then some things happened along the way to get him sidetracked. Some boys, they came up and they stole his food that his mom had prepared. 
and he was incredibly upset. And as he continued walking, he realized that even though he was going to get to his destination, he would be able to eat when he got there. And it wasn't necessarily the fact that the food was stolen, but that he wanted to appreciate his mom mm -hmm. in that way. You know, so it's like... like isn't yeah. his story amazing? It's like, absolutely story amazing. story is so powerful. I yeah. love that. Okay, so you these are tools for you. How often do you go through this deck? <laughs> like every it, day? It really depends, yeah. I travel I, with I, you. <laughs> I, I carry them with me everywhere yeah. I go. If I have some downtime, I'll look through them. Mm -hmm. Typically... And you're just building stories. Or... Yeah, yeah, building stories. Mm -hmm. I might give myself a hypnotic pep talk, right? So yeah. like um, when you're looking at suggestions and things like that, you're also creating... You're looking at the different levels that someone can do something. So they might do a physical behavior. They might feel a certain thing. They might be being someone, so identity level. And then they might be achieving some kind of results. So you can even do this for yourself and give yourself a hypnotic pep talk by what kind of behaviors do you want to be doing? Mm -hmm. What kind of feelings do you want to be feeling? What kind of person does that? What kind of person is that who who does those things and who feels those feelings. Uh, and then what kind of results are you achieving? What kind of things are, are coming into you know, fruition? Um, so it might look like I'm waking up early in the morning, being productive, and I'm feeling really happy and excited to have this day to do really what I love. The kind of person that does that is someone who really loves life and achieving anything that you set your mind to or if you want to make it more specific, working with clients to, to help them see things in a way they didn't before. So as you wake up early in the morning and you begin to feel this sense of happiness and excitement overflow you, you might realize that there's a time when you really love life and the more you love life the more you realize that you can wake up early to begin your day in helping people transform their lives in whatever way that they set out to do that knowing that when you wake up early you can feel excited and happy and just pretend what loving life would look like because when you do that, you instantly begin waking up early in the mornings and allowing yourself to really feel happy and excited, right? So you give yourself this hypnotic pep talk on the things that you want to achieve. And um, if I were more conscious of this before I actually did that exercise, I would ask mm -hmm. you, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to feel? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So we could do that if you like. For yourself. Yeah, maybe if we... Yeah. Yeah, well, because one, I want to hear about your sure. story. Oh, but okay. two, I love listening to your story <laughs> because, like, what you're doing, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, it's um, you're using the power of suggestion and you're playing with possibility, yeah. which I think a lot of people don't, yeah. don't realize. You know, the, it's I love it when people can just ask, what if? You right. know, you're not committing to anything yeah. either way, but you're just exploring potential. And I think that when you do that, you're automatically making space for what could be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my favorite cards and probably the most powerful ones. Uh, 
if I can get back to this, there's only like two or three more. Mm -hmm. But this one is probably going to be the last one I'll share because sometimes your mind really should wonder about how you can mm -hmm. access language in whatever way you can. So the red cards are imagination. Okay, you get excited when you yeah. <laughs> So this one is probably the coolest one because you can imagine anything. Mm -hmm. And because the mind doesn't really know what's real and what's imagined, mm -hmm. you can begin creating this opportunity for yourself to really begin noticing the amazing things you didn't notice before. So if you were to imagine yourself drifting into a pleasant state of relaxation, you could also consider what's it like when you really allow yourself to go there and connect with yourself in a meaningful way so that you can access whatever resources that you have already because you should remember that you have amazing resources within you at all times and I want you to really embrace that because every time you breathe in and out you can access those resources <laughs> Michael going through his deck of cards <laughs> that was a great demonstration how long did it take you to feel like you got really good at using these cards and playing with language um because I feel like you come up with, you fill in these blanks on these cards pretty easier the, than I can imagine myself doing. It just takes practice. <laughs> uh, I've had these cards for probably over a year now. My deck is torn up and mm -hmm. I've taped it to keep yeah. it together. It looks very loved. I, <laughs> in the I, best way. <laughs> I use these cards quite a bit. But the yeah. cards themselves mm -hmm. are in crisp and clean condition. It's just that the deck that I carry it around means... <laughs> Uh, a little bit of TLC. Like, what is it? The uh, tender loving care. Um, <laughs> oh, have you heard the story of the Velveteen Rabbit? Nah. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll okay. send it to you. Okay. Okay, so let's go through what you experience when you go into a hypnotic state. Is there a difference between when you hypnotize yourself and when somebody else hypnotizes you? When someone else kind of takes the reins and guides you through it, you can allow yourself to really go deeper and see things from a perspective that you might not have considered before because you might want to go in a specific direction and you yourself can do that all day long mm -hmm. right you can yeah. do self-hypnosis in a very powerful way for yourself because it's very similar to when you meditate so when you meditate your mind calms down you might be doing a specific type of meditation or just allowing yourself to sit there but the more you are at one with yourself the more things you begin working through and realizing that there are so many possibilities there. So when you're doing self-hypnosis, you might be focused on a specific outcome for yourself. And that might potentially restrict some of the results, but really self-hypnosis is awesome. Yeah. Um, and you can train yourself to really go as deep as you would with someone else working with you. Okay, so what are some of the sensations that you feel besides calm and relaxed? Yeah, so when you notice trance within yourself or others, it's really something that's different than what was there before. So if your breathing was really fast and rapid and uh, as if you just climbed a, like a flight of stairs, mm -hmm. right, you might notice that your breathing begins to calm down and to slow down. On the opposite hand, if your breathing is really slow, it might speed up. So you're really looking at changes in what was there before. The skin might flush or you might get like a, like redness in the cheeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
your hands might get warm or cold. Uh, you might have different sensations in your feet or something like that. One hand might feel lighter or, or uh, heavier. And you can even use that as a transinduction, right? So mm -hmm. which one of your hands feels lighter than the other? And you really focus mm -hmm. in on that. And as you do that, you might notice that one hand feels lighter. And I wonder what that means about you becoming more confident in your everyday life, right? So you're creating these mm -hmm. associations between what's happening. And you might not have paid attention to that sensation before, but as someone guiding your attention, I might have a bag of tools that I can use, right? Like my techniques, my knowledge, my past experience to help you discover within yourself that which you were looking for. If you go to a different practitioner, they might have different skill sets, different experiences, and they might guide your attention in a different way. And that's not to say that any one approach is better than the other. It's just different. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it all gets to the same point where you're expanding your perspectives and you're expanding your mind to really consider things in a new and novel way because that gives you access to so much more than if you were thinking about things in and expecting them to be only one way, you know? It, mm -hmm. it just really increases your richness in life. You can totally do it yourself if you enjoy reading. Reading can give you different ideas for like how to communicate with yourself. Um, my main thing is if you have a sense of self-compassion and you're kind to yourself, whatever way that you go about your self-development and uh, your self-improvement journey is gonna be the right one because you're constantly there in your corner rooting for yourself, cheering yourself on, mm. and being really the best friend that you, you can be. You know? A lot of people in success, uh, specifically, they, they create this list for an ideal client or uh, an ideal friendship or something like that, and without realizing it, they become the qualities on that list. Mm. And they become the, the friend or the client that they would want to work with. And as a result, they begin attracting those kinds of people into their lives as well. So. Okay, so <laughs> since we have this background noise too, I'm curious. Sure. Um, so when people are hypnotized, yeah. do they remember what they went through? Yeah, so um, it depends, right? Okay. It, everything depends on the suggestions given and the experience that the hypnotist creates for for his client or mm. um, subject, however you want to phrase it, mm. participant. Um, so whenever you're doing any kind of therapeutic work, you really want to establish that your voice is going to go with them, uh, that mm -hmm. um, they don't, they're not left alone in their own experience because if they lose track of you, they might go into an experience and it might spiral out of control. So you really mm. want to... In, reinforce that your voice is going to go with them the sounds around them can mm. help them to xyz right so it right. can associate <laughs> that's to that's what i was wondering going like, so deeper. can other people jump into the hypnosis session yeah so so it could be like um if someone has like a a printer or a fax machine or something and oh. like every once in a while like a fax comes through uh you can incorporate the suggestion every sound that you hear allows you to go even deeper into the experience. Okay. And as you go deeper, you might even realize that there's a rhythm to the things that you hear. And that rhythm allows you to feel even more safe and relaxed. 
And the idea of safety is an important one. So if, if the thing that you're working on is like traumatic or something like that, or it could have some kind of negative, strong negative emotion, uh, the idea of safety that they can return to their breathing, um, that when they remember their breathing, they realize that they're safe, or mm -hmm. feeling the chair, knowing they're safe, yeah. that can bring them back to that okay, uh, so safety they're anchor. To something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That you can sense. also do that for your voice. Right? Like my right. voice will go with you, and it'll safely guide you through your journey. Okay. Just like that, you created an association. Okay. Right. Well, I'm elaborating on a lot of points. You're getting all my all my best stuff. I like it. It's, <laughs> no, because you explain it very well, like in a way. Because like for me, I'm very apprehensive around hypnosis. I started with that, you know. Sure. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're doing with my subconscious mind. I'm a little bit protective of it. Yeah, <laughs> um, if you because like with some things. Mm -hmm. When people, because there are ways that you can play around with people's subconscious mind in a way that maybe if you don't know what you're doing, you can create some damage. Yeah, um, everyday conversation is hypnotic. Yeah. Like, um, if you notice the language cards, like, all the patterns that I said, even on the simple examples of the cards, people use that language every day. And mm -hmm. so, uh, culturally, there is a cultural hypnotic trance that's happening mm -hmm. where you say that this is okay, this is not okay, you know, all that stuff. You should go for mm -hmm. this, you shouldn't go for that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Interesting. I love yeah. that. Okay. I definitely want to experience what you do. We have about 10 more minutes in this room. So I have to give mm -hmm. it back. Okay. We have to return it and let go of holding on to it. <laughs> <laughs> Did we already start? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So what do you want to experience? Um, what do you... Um, so like I said, so I have these on? three things that I've been actively wanting to work on, mm -hmm. which was speed reading, memory, and uh, foreign language. Sure. So which... Well, which one do you feel drawn to the most? What's the most important to you out of those three? That's so annoying. Okay, so my practical mind says memory. Like I really okay. want to be able... Sure. To just remember things without okay. too much energy. Mm -hmm. But... My uh, other thing that I'm like, I just really want to learn other languages and be able to talk to people, okay. you know, all over the world. Okay. So, so when you consider those two, what do you want to work on now? What What's the most important to you right now? Memory. Memory. Maybe they go okay. there. Okay. All right. Well, they probably do. And <laughs> you might discover that your language improves as your memory improves. Mm -hmm. um, so... What is it about memory that that you would like to be different, right? Like, is it a problem now? Yes. How, um, how is it a problem? Well, and I think it's tied into my chronic fatigue where my mind is shutting down. Mm. So even I can feel like I'm, I'm losing time. Mm. Like, I can't remember the past three days. Or I don't, like, when I hear yeah. that it's September, I'm blown away by that. Okay. But also I feel like it's really important because when when I'm writing or when mm -hmm. I'm speaking with people and having these conversations yeah. around learning, I want to be able to recall those associations with information a little bit more okay. immediately. So when is it that you uh, don't remember things? Um, how, how do you know that you're not remembering something? Uh, well, I think it's when I feel a frustration hmm. come up. When okay. it's almost like knowing that something is there but not being able to, to identify okay. it or see it. Or sure. Like losing your keys, but you know they're in the house. Oh, okay. Like, 
<laughs> so, so how would you like things to be different? Because uh, right now you're saying that your memory is kind of um, like as if your like brain is kind of shutting down and uh, you're losing track of time and it's frustrating. Right. Mm -hmm. So how would you like it to be different? I would like my brain to feel like it's more efficient. Okay. Um, so we're not yeah. wasting too much energy or unnecessary energy. So as you're thinking about how you want your memory to be different and that you would be remembering things better, right? Um, and you said that you've, you would want to feel like it's more efficient, but would you like it to be more efficient or just to have the feeling? I want both. Want to, be, <laughs> to have both. Yeah, okay. well, because I want to be able to trust that I can recall facts accurately, oh, okay. you know, because I'm really good with stories and okay. I'm really great with recognition, but when it comes yeah. to specifics, I feel like that takes more energy than it should. Okay, so you specifically want to remember facts so that you can recall them with, with more ease, kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, so that's what you would be doing, you would be feeling, uh, feeling what, like more energetic, uh, I think you said. Right. Or maybe more confident in what I'm talking about. Say, being, um, I think recalling something inaccurately also mm -hmm. creates a lot of inefficiencies or, or different okay. storylines that yeah. are unintentional. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So, what is it when you are communicating intentionally? What does that look like? I think communication flows better. I think that. More value is extracted mm -hmm. from the experience, mm -hmm. or or is more easily understood. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's an aspect of authority and being influential, and mm. influential, and being confident in visibility. Mm. Confident, mm -hmm. okay, and visibility, visibility yeah. by, uh, in, in what way? Uh, in every way. <laughs> I'm very, I, I think I told you I'm very much a hermit, and oh. I love my alone time in my own space, but how yeah. how do we promote this collective learning, and how do we engage in these conversations if, if I'm just hiding out by myself? Interesting. So improving mm -hmm. your memory will allow you to be more... Um, expansive. Expansive. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And mm -hmm. confident. Yeah, I think so. And uh, you would be recalling facts more easily mm -hmm. and just as easily as your ability to tell stories mm -hmm. and to really color the world with your with your ability to communicate mm -hmm. in a confident way. Right. So, yeah. I th yeah, I think, no, I feel like yeah. it would just unlock a lot more potential. Yeah. Okay. Like merit can carry you, right? I think when... Yeah. When you go to a doctor, you trust the doctor and you'll listen to what they have to say and engage with them. Yeah. They have their credentials and they're supposed to know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Right. To. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think having better memory recall would okay. you know be a little bit more meritous. Meritous. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Do you feel meritous often? No. No? I, I feel like I can get around a fact hmm. very well and describe it, but I feel like it just takes too long and can even take away from oh, what okay. we're talking about. Interesting. So, uh, what might you do when you're feeling that it's taking you around what you're talking about? I feel almost as if I'm getting lost in my own head and in my own thoughts and that I'm not mm -hmm. filtering through all of the information that, that yeah. I have access mm -hmm. to efficiently. 
Do you have a specific moment in time when uh, you felt that your memory wasn't uh, quite up to par? Uh, the majority of the time. The majority of the time. Can you, <laughs> can you focus in on one specific one? Yes. And uh, what's the dominant color there? Dominant color... It's like... Almost like the color of this wall in the shadow. So it's like a um, funky... Brownish. Okay. Okay. So, I don't know. Yeah. And then, uh, are there any sounds that you're hearing? No. Okay. So, tell me about a time when you did feel, like, very confident. Like, what, what's one of your favorite, um, like, achievements or memories when you, when you did feel, like, confident? Should it be taking me this long? <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah, your I, mind and you're connecting with yourself, right? So Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. everything happens in your own time. Right. In your own way. I think when I was younger, probably elementary school. Mm -hmm. I think I felt pretty confident in in most things hmm. in general all okay. around. Well, yeah. when when was a time where you just like felt incredibly confident like mm. do you have a specific time yeah. that comes to mind yeah it was a speaking event yeah I was really good at yeah like, public speaking you're really good at public speaking mm. at this speaking event. <laughs> yeah. and you still are you still are because um as we're communicating together right you're clearly communicating and um asking questions and guiding conversation and things like that and as you think of that time Really get a hold of the feeling and let the memory drift away, but remember the feeling. You got it? Mm -hmm. So as you're thinking of this feeling, remember that time when you weren't remembering so well. And how does that feel different? Mm, when I couldn't remember, it felt more frenetic. Mm -hmm. And when I did feel confident, like very smug, <laughs> <you know? laughs> like almost in a in a bitchy way, like well, I got this shit. Okay. Because <laughs> I can't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And is that um, is that is that a a good way for you to be confident? I find it entertaining, but I don't think it's socially appropriate. Okay. Or to, if you say this so, out loud. <laughs> so, so how would uh, how would you want that to be different? Uh, uh, that feeling of confidence. I don't know. I kind of like it, but I think I would want it to be a little bit more toned down. Interesting. Um, so, because I don't want it to defeat the purpose of connection. With right. People. So, as you have your eyes closed mm -hmm. and really was that on purpose? <laughs> Mm. Your um, your feeling of confidence. Uh, what kind of things do you do you see? Um, what how how might you see confidence there? In in that um, in that way, what do you see there? Mm, there is so how I feel <laughs> is I feel comfortable with being seen like I see people with eyes on me interesting and there's no right or wrong good or bad but I'm just yeah. happy to be there and and what I'm what I'm doing because I feel like I'm enjoying it yeah 
and you're enjoying it. And um, that feeling of confidence that you have there, is that the right one for you to feel? Or is that uh, need to be adjusted in some way? I think it needs to be adjusted a little bit more where it can be directed towards purpose. Like, I feel hmm. like that, that, like, bringing in a little bit more of that okay. could be good. Yeah. And so what might that purpose be in regards to your remembering things well? Hmm. I think the word I'm seeing is influence. Influence. So... Like, why are we here? Why does it hmm. matter? Yeah, so you're focusing your confidence on influence. And as you're influencing others in a way that allows them to see you, that you're visible. Yeah, that's it. You see that the things you thought before really weren't anything other than what you were feeling to be true at that time. And only to the extent that you can feel this confidence and influence and being visible might you consider how your memory is really there for you at any time when you remember this feeling. That's it. So as you do that, you might consider your breathing, naturally changes because the more visible you become, that's it, the more you remember that confident feeling to really influence your memory to recall facts all on its own. And you don't even have to try to do anything other than really remember your breathing. And you might be surprised, by the way, your unconscious mind really does help you to feel confident and influence others in a visible way. Because the more you see confidence as something you already have, the more confidence you develop and you allow your memory 
to really improve in ways that help you remember the important facts so that you can really communicate effectively and influence others to feel that same confidence because they can see it in you and it's visible when you're breathing things change like that time when you remembered everything that you needed to and nothing more but only that which was important at that time and so as you consider how confident you can feel now when you think about what that was before how does that feel? My session with Michael went on for about another 40 minutes. And if you recall, I mentioned that we were only supposed to spend 10 more minutes with each other. And I have to tell you, I was so surprised by how time felt like it was standing still. I couldn't believe it. Working with Michael was way different from what I thought it would be like. For some reason, I expected to not really be aware of anything. A kind of checking out and letting Michael kind of steer and do his thing in working with my subconscious. And to a small degree, it was kind of like that. I felt like I was jumping in between my conscious mind that was observing what was going on and my subconscious mind that was actually feeling and experiencing it. During the session, I became tethered to Michael's voice and lost myself in the visuals he was offering up for my consideration. It felt almost as if being in a live guided meditation, and I'm not sure if you can hear it in the audio, but Towards the end of this recording, I really began to feel very giddy, and I smiled uncontrollably, and I relaxed into the story. I felt very childlike, and all of my reactions seemed very involuntary. I felt myself, but not myself, but ultimately myself. <laughs> it's so hard to explain. And I can't exactly remember when it happened, but somewhere toward the beginning of the session, my eyes just closed and I sank down in my chair. I was truly in a trance state. And coming out of the trance, it was as if waking up from sleep. Like when waking up from a really realistic dream and it takes you a second to remember where you are. Going into trance feels wonderful. With Michael, I felt safe throughout all the many layers that came up that we explored and I was completely astonished by how deep my stories went around memory, confidence, and being visible. We walked through memories of my childhood and built up new stories that I can now move through life from and also draw support from. It was incredible. In the week following the session, I was curious about how what we worked on with memory would show up in my life, if it would stay consistent or if it was just a one-time thing. And sure enough, I continued to be amazed. You see, I've always struggled with memories, especially of life events. 
I can remember very little from the ages of 8 to about 19, and I've always been really self-conscious about this. Sure enough, without effort and in very random ways, memories began showing up. There were about certain places where I grew up, certain sights and smells came to me, and even in my dreams, I could see places I've been to and experiences I've encountered throughout my life, as if I was really there in that moment. Even in my work now and in researching material, I could now easily recall names and specific details, not just from what I was reading and focusing on in the moment, but also about things that I've learned from many years past that seemed long forgotten. Amazing. Thank you, Michael, for spending time with me and sharing your practice of hypnosis. I mentioned that I was really apprehensive about being hypnotized, and I only really fully committed to it during our chat and after learning from him what it is and what it isn't and what possibilities can actually be accomplished. If you want to learn more about Michael or to set up a consultation with him, you'll be able to find all of his information in the show notes on theprismaticlife.com. He was also generous enough to make a special offer just for you and being a listener of this podcast. He's giving away one of his audio recordings for free, where he walks you through a limiting belief in order to clear it and build a more ideal story. So thanks, Michael, for that. You're the best. Also, for listeners, I have a special offer myself. If you're enjoying this podcast and feel that it resonates with you, please be sure to leave a rating and review either on iTunes or Stitcher. I'll have a special link both on the Facebook page on the Prismatic Academy and on my website for those who leave a rating and review, where you can sign up to receive access to my secret episodes. I'll be releasing one secret episode a month, and my first one will be with one of my very favorite persons ever, who I know is Captain Scott. He's an ex-Navy SEAL and special ops with some really incredible stories. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. I also have another secret episode in the works on microdosing with psilocybin. Should be magical. (laughs) Okay, but really, I hope that you join our secret club. Now, I'm only extending this offer for free for the next three weeks, so be sure to find out how to participate either on Facebook or on theprismaticlife.com. Ratings and reviews and sharing this podcast with your community ultimately will help the show become more visible to those searching for the keys to unlock creative energy and explore human potential. And I would love to have this platform be one that can continue to serve, inspire, and support others in their journey, as well as invite them along on ours together. So with that, I hope you're having a great week so far. And I hope that you join our secret club. And up next will be a mini episode on What the fuck is Mercury Retrograde? (laughs) So stay tuned, and until next time, cheers, everyone.